0: Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hi, right, Brandy's got the week off. Tim Ring filling it all week for me, and then next week we're off Friday and Monday for the for the for Christmas, um, and then I will be off the rest of next week. And then Bernsey will be in, I think, with you. I, I will be, be back filming. next
1: week. I'll be in on Monday, actually, the day after yeah. Christmas.
0: Well, you know, we're starting to worry about your pitch count. It's getting up there a little bit. You know, you've got a lot of innings logged this year. I'm running out of Just things to say. Worrying <laughs> at the, the end of the year if you're going to wear down. You know how many times we've called you out of the bullpen to come in and throw some right. relief. So uh, I take you
1: know, uh, I take M-Drive, you know. Oh, well, If you take
0: M-Drive, you'll be good. <laughs> you take M-Drive, you'll be all right.
1: You need some. I got something. That for you. guy. You guy yeah, gave me a, a box, man. Oh, he gave me a box. Yes. Yeah. 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 What's in stuff. the
0: box? What's in the box? <laughs> it's a great movie. You guys know what that what I'm talking about when I say that, right? You don't know, Eric. You don't know. Maybe I'm just misremembering,
1: but I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, okay,
0: Mitch, you remember what Mitch is it? Knows. Yeah, what is it? Seven. Seven. So movie seven. But Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman. Haven't seen it. Oh my God! You, you gotta, gotta, gotta say see it. It. You gotta say it.
1: You gotta see it. You gotta see it. What's in the box?
0: Yeah. All right. Um... Let's talk about the Phoenix Suns situation. I got a phone call this morning, right? And the phone coming in, it's, you know, a Michigan, you know, it's, it's, it's a Michigan number. I've, of course, I know what the number is. And I pick it up, and it's Kirk Gibson. Gibby, what do you think about my new guy? He's just raving. He's so excited about Matt Ishbia taking over the Suns, and he wants to know what I think about it. And he's telling me how much he, he, he you know, he knows him and, and all about him and just how great he is. And he's telling me all these things about Matt Ishbia. And I'm like, that is. Fantastic. And I'm listening to Gibby and, you know, Gibby's Gibby's great. I love Kirk Gibson. I really do. He's battling Parkinson's disease right now and he's doing really well. We talked about his workout regime and he loves going outdoors and inviting me to come up and do some snowmobiling with him. But he loves being outside, loves hunting and being outside and, and everything. So he's still doing good. He's really battling and he's doing good. But man, he was so excited. That he called me this morning He I, I don't know what I thought about it because he just he knows the guy and he said he's a great guy just a great guy and a winner and he's really involved in the community and just really gives back to everybody and uh, philanthropic work and stuff like that so he was gung-ho about it so I was glad to hear from him I was glad he called me and, and let me you know let me know what he thinks of him so I was happy to hear that and you know you're looking at it's a day later and, and you know everything is pretty positive about the potential of the new owner of the Phoenix Suns once it's approved by the NBA now look you, you asked me, when's this going to be approved? How long is it? Ta-? I don't know how long it takes. Get on a conference call with all the owners. Do you approve of this guy? Yes or no? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, nah, is it, maybe, is it like maybe two maybe days? A, is it two weeks? I, you know, maybe there's a vesting process where you've really got, uh, you know. Vetting, yeah. Vetting. That's vesting. vesting. <laughs> maybe you put <laughs> a vest on them. All right, first of
1: all, let's philanthropic
0: <laughs> vetting. There we go. Nobody. <laughs> nobody has ever said that I speak well. Nobody. <laughs> And my group chat, my friends also, they were like, I don't never, I'll never understand how you talk for a living. Honestly. It's Um, part of the charm. Yes. So, you know, we've, it probably takes some vetting. It probably takes, okay, we've got to do a completely, you don't want to go into a situation like what, remember the
1: Islanders with their owner? Remember the Islanders owner? He bought the team. He had no money. Well, that was you talking about Spanos. Spanos. Well, yeah, I don't think he's a Spanos, but yes. No, he's not. But you still have to do your due diligence, right? Right. I mean, it's one of the greatest
0: farces. Well, there's a history. There's a thirty for thirty about it. There is. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, he had no money. No money. No money. He was worth like five million bucks. And he bought the Islanders. I don't
1: even think he was worth that
0: much. John, he got, a, he got a, John Spano. John no, yes, yeah, an, an admitted fraudster, best known for briefly buying control of the Islanders in 1996 before it emerged that he did not have nearly enough assets to buy the team.
1: No, he got a line of credit for five million bucks by a, from a bank somehow, some way, and that got him far down the road.
0: Yeah, because he would, like they would say, okay, your next your next check is you got to send a million dollars, and he would send like ten thousand, right? And then they'd be like, Oh, I'm sorry. They must have forgot a couple of zeros at the end. We'll, we'll send that back out there. And the meanwhile, he's living life large, like living at large, right? Everything, you know, women and restaurants and booze. And he's like, he's the owner of the Islanders with no money. The guy had no money. Purchased the Islanders, um, from John Pickett for a
1: hundred and sixty five million dollars. And he would he would always come up with excuses right. on why the check didn't get in. And he, it was funny. It was Kevin Connolly from Entourage who grew up in a uh, an Islanders fan directed the thirty for thirty. If you're listening, just watch it. Um, so he would come up with excuses why the why the money didn't get in. He'd be like, "Oh yeah, that uh, that car bombing in Northern Ireland uh, shut down the banks, and the money got held up because of the car bombing today. Uh, the, the IRA." Right. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. He, he was yeah. coming up with crap like that. Whatever you come up with, whatever you yeah. could come up with. Uh, uh, <laughs> that, so you want to
0: you want to do your proper vetting to make sure that everything is legit and make sure there's nothing that's going to come back and want the NBA. Tom Izzo, who coached Matt Ishbia, was on Sirius XM NBA Radio today, and he thinks the Suns are in good hands.
2: You better be somewhat hands on because it's hard to make decisions if you don't really know what. What's being involved. And I think spending time is, is one of the things that's getting harder. Eddie, and even in college coaching, it's getting harder, you know. And I said one thing I did, uh, if you don't spend time with guys, you can't be de- demanding of guys. And I think it's the same when you're an owner, you know. I, I think you gotta be around some. I, I don't think you gotta meddle in everything, but I think you gotta be around players, gotta know that, uh, you got their back, but, uh, you gotta know that they got your back. Izzo was his
0: coach that won a national championship together in 2000 he was a walk on he wasn't a big time player on that team but he did play in some games he started on senior day and uh, he was on that team he was part of that team he worked his ass off to be part of that team Tom Izzo also talking about his age he,
2: he being young but also that he has plenty of experience I think do a great job of that. He's he's young enough and yet experienced enough. He's taken a company from nothing and made it into a you know 20000000000 billion dollar company. So mm-hmm. he knows how to make money and he knows how to make the right decisions because he could have been working for me still as a, as a coach or something. <laughs> and, you know, making three hundred thousand a year, four hundred thousand a year. He, he makes that an hour now. So he he made the right decision, guys. The only problem is he didn't drag his buddy the. (laughs)
1: Wow. I tell you, Gamble, the the age any forty two year old that can (sighs) that can get himself to be worth five point something billion dollars obviously knows what the hell he's doing. So I don't worry about his age at all. And I I I love the fact that you he, he He's made his money elsewhere, and he's in pro sports because he wants to win. He wants to be a part of that club. He wants to compete for championships. He tried to buy the Broncos. I've been told by people in the know that he reached out to owners of teams that weren't for sale and said, hey, (laughs) <laughs> knocking on doors like, any What's chance? What's your price? What's your price? And Everybody's thought, got a price. And the Suns came available. And uh, my guess is that there were other suitors, of course. And Matasheba was, uh, Ishbia was not going to be outbid. will
0: very, very quickly be the most popular owner in all of Arizona. He will be the most popular owner in Arizona. Think about our owners
1: here. Well, he's walking into a team that wins, so that's going to be a good start, and he's a fresh fresh breath of air, and he's young, and he's going to spend money and keep that team competitive. I have no doubt about it.
0: Yeah. He is going to be the youngest by far of all the owners here. He's going to be very hands-on. He's got an incredible background. He will be... Now, listen... uh, Advice to him: Don't sit in the front row with a foam finger in the you know in, in your, your first year and yell at the refs. Like you know that I think some of the things look. Robert Sarver did a lot of really good things. Okay, he was great in the community, great with charities. Uh, hiring practices were really good. Um, obviously, there's issues that caused him to have to sell the team, and you know, and and he admitted that, and he took his punishment. Uh, but he was forced to sell the team. But I think a lot of the things that hurt Robert one, he wasn't Jerry. Look, Jerry Colangelo would show up to the game in a suit and tie. He'd sit about ten rows back. In the middle in the middle, center court, about ten rows back. I've sat with him for a game. So he wouldn't be he wouldn't be courtside sitting in that seat. And then when Robert came in, it's like I own the team. I'm gonna sit center center court right there. And he had his foam finger and he would yell at the refs and he'd get up. And I think people like it was just different. You went from Jerry to, to Robert. And Robert was a younger owner and he wanted to be very, very involved and he was excited. He was passionate about it and some people took that the wrong way. I mean, they just took it the wrong way. So eventually he moved to the corner where he was kind of out of sight a little bit. He was in a corner with him and his family and he wasn't like center court, right, in the thick of things. Um, but I think that there was always the... And then, then right away, you didn't sign Joe Johnson, signed everybody else, but he didn't sign Joe Johnson. It was like, okay, this guy's cheap. He doesn't want to spend money. And then there was the selling of the draft picks early on because Mike D'Antoni said, don't draft a player. I'm not going to play him. And that's I talked to Mike D'Antoni about. Mike was like, I I would tell him, don't draft a kid, a guy at 20. We had the Suns would pick in mid to late 20s and Mike D'Antoni would say, don't draft a player. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to play that guy. Not with this roster. I guess not going to play. So. They, they 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 didn't draft those guys. They sold the draft picks for three million bucks, and that rubbed fans the wrong way too. So Robert did some things initially that got him onto some bad footing with the fans. Where he sat, the way he acted, the selling of the draft picks, all of those things. Even if like his coach and GM said to get rid of the picks, you know he he took the brunt of that. So I you know that would be the only suggestion. You know where you know how how around how around is Matt Ishbia going to be is he going to be at every game some owners are absentee Some owners are there every day. Like, none of this, we don't know what the situation is, but we'll find out. We will find out soon enough. All right, we're going to take you right up until 6 o'clock tonight. There's still a lot to go on the program, so we will get you set with some more Cardinals talk, some more Suns talk, and coming up next, we'll talk about the future of Kyle Kuzma and whether that could be in a Suns uniform. That's next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
2: Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6
1: on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: All right, you watched that basketball game last night, and you know, one thing stood out, and that was Kyle Kuzma is really good. He's really good. He's a name that's been bandied about for the Phoenix Suns for a while now. Uh, I've shot down a lot of rumors on players that it could be. I get asked a lot, what about this player, what about that player? That was a name I wasn't able to shoot down because there's some interest. Now, I'm not saying a deal is going to get done. Um, I would still probably lean towards it's unlikely uh, because it doesn't, like, what What does Washington get out of trading Kyle Kuzma to the Suns for Jay Crowder? Not much. Now, they do probably have to trade him. And the reason why is he is he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. He's going to opt out, be an unrestricted free agent. He's not re-signing there. He's not re-signing there. Because um, so, they, they can only start him at $15 million. So he's probably going to go somewhere else. So if you're Washington, you want to try to get something for him instead of get, you know losing him for nothing. But getting something for him is like draft picks or a player that you might have for a couple of years, not a guy that's on an expiring contract. So that's why, like, yeah, do the Suns like him, sure, but a deal for Kuzma would be really hard unless you were willing to throw in some like draft compensation to make a deal work.
1: Well, I mean, it could be draft compensation. Or Jay Crowder, just so they'd have a, a warm body to finish the season. Or Gamble. Honestly, it could be something that doesn't even involve Jay Crowder. They can you do it, Jay Crowder, for another deal? But you say to yourself, you're you're James Jones and Matt Ishbia and, and Monty Williams. Like, listen, Kyle Kuzma is a missing piece that we need to get back to the NBA Finals. So we need to we'll go acquire this guy. And if Jay Crowder is not a part of that trade equation, then so so be it. What would it take to go out and get this guy? And if it's a combination of draft picks or maybe something that you have on the end of the bench that maybe the Wizards would be interested in, you find a way to make that deal happen. Whether or not Jay Crowder is involved or not, see that to me to me it's two separate conversations. You know you need to dump Jay Crowder because he's wasting away there collecting a paycheck and he's not helping you win games. He's not even in Margaritaville. <laughs> but if you can go get Kyle Kuzma because you need him to help you get to where you yeah, want to go, yeah. I mean, if it doesn't involve Jay Crowder, then so what?
0: But what are you giving up then?
1: Well, I think you got to talk about you got to
0: make salaries. You got to make salaries match. You gotta make salaries come close. So you can't just say, okay, I'll give you draft picks. There's so only two teams in the league that can make deals without having to make the salaries work. I think it's San Antonio and Indiana. There's nobody else. Right. Only a couple of teams that act regardless of the cap that they can make a deal. Um Well what is the Wizards are not one of those teams. So you've got to come within about fifteen percent of his salary.
1: Right. So if you but you might I mean you might have a combination of players that, that they do want. I mean, they might want Jay Crowder, but they would, they'd be, he'd, he'd be there, again, a warm, have, a warm yeah. body to play out the string on a team that won't be going anywhere. they're not
0: going to want Dario Saric. They're not going to want Jay Crowder. They're going to want whatever draft compensation they could get or a young player. Now, the Suns don't have a young player that they could give him. They don't have a Jalen Smith-type player that they could give him. It would have to be draft picks. So I, that's why I think it's still unlikely it's going to get done. Look, I'll tell you right now because I've talked with these, a lot of these teams. These teams are calling the bad teams. They're not calling the good teams. So if you're Milwaukee, if you're Boston, if you're uh, Memphis, if you're New Orleans, you're calling the, the, the bad teams in the league because they're not going to ask you back for a good player. They, they want draft picks or somebody young that's you know, not getting a lot of playing time on your roster. You go good team for good team. Trades are hard right now. Not impossible, but they're harder because it 's like okay i want I want a good player from your team, but you want a good player from my team, so I have to subtract so that 's where it 's like you know you know it's it's hard for okay for a team that a good team that wants Jay Crowder. Doesn't want to give up another good player that they have because that hurts them. So that's why these teams would rather deal with teams that aren't very good, teams that are that are really struggling right now and just want to get off of contracts and save money and get draft pick compensation for the future.
1: Kuz is only making thirteen million bucks. Yeah, so a Jake Crowder's contract could probably match that, and so could Sarich's mm-hmm. actually. So I mean, there's it's it, it it wouldn't be hard to get that deal done. It wouldn't be hard, and I think the Wizards would be motivated. I know the Wizards would be motivated to get a deal done if they. But, but if you they keep, got back. They got yeah. You got to give them a pick for the future. You got to give them a pick. You got to give them a pick. And again, it goes back to let's let's not forget we are in a window where Chris Paul is aging out of said window. So you you, you got to look at it through that prism, like this. This is a year where like you got to go for it. I'm not saying the window's closed after this year, but you absolutely have to give it your best shot this year. And Kuzma's a guy that can help you get there.
0: Yeah. There's been other names that have been discussed, but no trade has ever been pulled off. We talk about Grayson Allen uh with Milwaukee. We you know the, listen, I've heard the Nets are interested in Jay Crowder. Um, You know, I don't really buy into the three-team Atlanta-Utah-Phoenix trade because I've checked on that several times. And Atlanta is so desperate to get off of Collins, like so desperate to get off of him. Uh, They want to get off of that contract, and that's why they're talking with everybody. And any rumor that comes up, they're going to try to say that it's legitimate, even though it's not, because they just truly, truly want to get off of that Collins contract. But man, I can't find a team in the league that wants to take on that contract of Collins, John Collins. It's just too big of a contract, so I don't see that happening. Look, it is interesting. That's you know almost a week past that December fifteenth. You know all the players that become available, and there's still no trade. The Suns haven't made a trade for one reason; hasn't been a good enough offer available. Okay, they're waiting for a good offer. Uh, Teams know that you know that the Suns have to move him, but the Suns are being patient, and they've gone through October and November, and now most of December, and they haven't traded him. Uh, He can help somebody, but the Suns are aren't going to give him away for nothing. They, they feel at some point they will get a decent enough trade offer. But right now, to this point, there has not been an offer presented to them that they like good enough to make a trade. Pistons are 8-25.
1: Pistons are Ivy, who do you got? Bogdanovich. I mean, make another run at him. I mean, the Jazz may not have liked what you have to offer, but maybe the Pistons would be uh, not not Ivy. Who was I, I, um, well, I? Well, Jaden Ivvle. They're not
0: getting rid of Jaden. No, no, not Ivy. Ivy. I was thinking of Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay is another one, but he's a smaller contract. But, but Sadiq Bay's name has come up as a possible trade candidate. Not Ivy. I meant Sadiq Bay. I like Bogdanovich. He's. A, they didn't
1: like him. They should like him. And didn't like him. This is a guy that can put the ball in the basket. Yeah. I don't... Listen, I'm not... I, 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 don't, I want the guy that, in you know, game six on the road at New Orleans can go out there and get you 24 points. They
0: liked... They were interested in taking Bogdanovich back if they could have got Vanderbilt from Utah as well. So, and I had talk, talked with the Jazz about that. Like, the Suns wanted... The Suns wanted Vanderbilt. Listen, I like Harrison Bond, Barnes too. You know, so you keep your eye on that situation. They were playing really good basketball, you know, at the start of the season. So it was almost like, yeah, they're not going to they're not going to trade Harrison Barnes because Mike loves them and they're playing really, really well. So you just. You know, you look at Sacramento, and you know—is that a team that you know at sixteen and thirteen, they're sixth in the West? And I'm not going to trade Harrison Barnes at the two and a half games out of the best record in the NBA right now. Like they have a chance to do
1: something this year. Why would they trade Sanders? Why would they trade Harrison Barnes? That's why I, the first, before I even mentioned Bogdanovich, I brought up the Pistons' record. They're eight and twenty. got to go after those teams. Hey, Ishby is from Detroit. He's probably got a lot of buddies in the Pistons' organization. Maybe. Call up your old buddies. Get a deal done, Matt. You're on the clock. <laughs> it's, it's, and so it's been said. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. The Arizona Cardinals are
0: going to be in a position that a lot of teams are going to be making phone calls, trying to move up to where the Cardinals are draft-wise in the order. How many teams need quarterbacks? And what could the Cardinals get for that? We'll talk about that next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
2: Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: All right, one more show for me tomorrow, and then I will be off uh, Friday and then next week for the Christmas holiday. Spend some time with the family. I uh, wish everybody uh, now a Merry Christmas. And uh, Burnsie will be back next week. Tim will fill in for me. We, I'm still here tomorrow. Tim's filling in for Burnsie. Got to get those vacation days in before we lose them at the end of the year. That's how we usually run up against that. Like, yeah, we just so hard to take time off because there's always something going on. You get to the end of the year, like, yeah, you're going to lose three weeks vacation. Vacation. If you don't take some time, and so you just try to take a week here or something, or a few days uh, here and there, just to get the get some of the time off, uh, recharge the batteries and stuff like that. So it
1: seems like just yesterday training camp was started. You know, you take some vacation time. I'm talking about you guys that work here all the time. It's like you take some in July, you get back for training yeah. camp. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you blink, you blink the eye, and it's like football season's coming know, to an end, and the holidays are here. I know a seventeen every
0: year. It, seemed like that. Every I mean, it, year it seems like that. Every year seems like. Seems like yesterday I was sitting down with Trey McBride talking to him at. Cardinals camp, sitting down with him and going over his journey to the NFL, and you know, here we are, and his first season's uh, just about over. Just a few games left in the season for the Cardinals, three games. The focus right now for them, really, is on developing the young players. Trace McSorley is going to start over Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy is out. Concussion. Trace McSorley is going to make his first career start. He's going to go up against Tom Brady and the Bucks. We'll talk a lot more about the game tomorrow, but what we've spent a lot of time talking about today is just simply the position that the Cardinals are going to be in to have one of those great draft picks. You know, teams don't really want to be picking there because it means you had a bad season unless you're Seattle and you happen to get the Denver Broncos pick. But, uh, you know, you've got to take advantage of having a pick like that. The Cardinals are going to be in a position to get one of the best players in the entire draft. And there's a chance that at pick, if they're picking fourth, that two quarterbacks will be gone by the time they pick. So if they stick with the pick, it's very likely that they're going to get the second best player available, maybe their first, in the whole entire draft. The whole draft. You know, know, you're not going to be taking the third offensive lineman or the fourth defensive end or the fifth linebacker or the fourth cornerback. You're going to have your pick of the very best player at almost every position on the field. Except for one, if the, if a team ahead of you takes a, a position that you're looking at. This is a great position to be in. The hard part right now is, and I remember a lot of fans do when they passed on Terrell Suggs, traded down, and they got Calvin Pace and Brian Johnson. Do you want to pass on a possible, you know, dominant elite level player to make a trade with a quarterback needy team to to, to, to bank a bunch of draft picks. I, the, you know, right now it's hard to say because we don't know what the player's going to be, but they're going to be in that situation. Keep the pick and draft one of the very best players in the entire draft that everybody's going to... The player you drafted for, everybody loves. Everybody's going to love that player. Mel Kuyper and, and Todd McShay, everybody's going to absolutely love that player and say that he is a game-changing player. They all are, because of where you're picking. Now, if you trade down and now you're picking at 15th, 16th, it's more of a crapshoot. Now, you
1: may add a whole bunch of picks. Um, so... It's a rare opportunity, but if you to, can get yeah, but if you can get a haul like the Niners gave up to get Trey Lance right. and get another first yeah. round pick yeah. next year or yep. the year after, then yeah, Gamble, let me give you so let me give you one scenario: if the if the Cardinals pick fourth, and then Bryce Young goes off the board, first, no, number one, right? He'll go number one, and then let's say, given however it falls, that Will Anderson and Jalen Carter go two and three. Now, those two game-changing defensive players are off the board. And if you're the Cardinals, let's say the top guy on your board who's a non-quarterback is a wide receiver like Quentin Johnston, the kid out of TCU. Boy, man, you're sitting there at four and it's a wide receiver. I'm really thinking about dropping down. I'm really thinking about trying to bank some picks. Let somebody who needs a quarterback then who wants to see Jay Stroud or a Will Levis move up and then try to bank some picks. Yeah, but but,
0: then, but you can't move down far enough then to not have the best, to get the best offensive lineman. So then you're going to look at where's the best offensive lineman. I don't, you don't want to move down too far to where now all of a sudden, okay, so if you, if you get to that spot, the two top defensive players are gone. Yeah, but you're in your, fourth. Like in that's your like, fourth. That's like
1: the worst, not the worst, but like a, a scenario where you're like, man, a wide receiver or trading out of the spot. That's and, where the Suns
0: were when they got Josh Jackson. It was not a good spot to be in, right? Jason Tatum went three. You yep. got, you, here you are at four with Josh well, Jackson. Didn't know that at the time, but yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. Listen, I think you could trade down a few spots and still get, like, if you, you still get, like, the best offensive lineman, but if you like I'd be afraid to move down much further than that because now where I'm picking, two offensive linemen may be gone, three edge rushes may be gone, two cornerbacks may be gone. So I don't want to move
1: into the middle of the first round. It depends obviously who you're trading with and what else they're giving you besides their pick. If it's the eighteenth pick, might be a little lower than you want, but if they're also throwing in a second rounder in a first round next year, Maybe that softens the blow. They okay, we really want it somewhere around twelve, but we'll take eighteen because of what else you're throwing in. So it's just interesting because again, the Cardinals are in that position where they don't need a quarterback and other teams are gonna probably value CJ Stroud and Will Levis and maybe move up. Now, in a perfect world, maybe for the Cardinals, they're in a position where they can draft Will Anderson. And they're like, We we don't we're not gonna trade out of this. Will Anderson's a, a game changing edge rusher. That we think we can build our defense around, and we 're just going to take him,
0: and then look what you 'll be picking in the second round and the third round offensive and the fourth lineman round.
1: in the right. in the second round, and then who 's ever best on your board in the third and you go yeah. and you go from there it but, might be too, it may be too risky
0: to make it may be too risky to make a trade if you have a generational type talent that 's there and you 're convinced he 's that great, but it 's also tough to you know you 're only in a position every you know once a decade where you're in a position to get a haul of draft picks because you had such a bad year that you're in a, you're you're sitting in a spot that a lot of other teams want to be at and they're willing to give up a lot you know a lot to 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 get there it's almost like $4 billion for the Phoenix Suns. You're sitting there at number four, and there's a bunch of teams that want one of those quarterbacks, and you know they're going to make you offers that, man, it's hard. You don't get in that situation a whole lot.
2: No, when, know, you're picking,
0: I, when you're picking 15th, nobody's calling you and saying, hey, I want to move up and give you all these draft picks
1: because I'm loving a quarterback at 15. That doesn't happen. I know, but by God, that defense needs all pro. Forget Pro Bowl. They need all pro guys on that defensive unit. And if Will Anderson's there... I mean, are the New York Giants glad they didn't trade out of the '81 draft? Do they think they're glad they picked Lawrence Taylor? Lawrence I mean, Taylor. I yeah. mean, the Forty ers got Nick Bosa at two. I mean, are they glad they didn't trade out of that? I mean, you got to you got to have you got to have dudes. You got to have dudes on that side of the ball. You know, guys that are guys that are again forget Pro Bowl. I'm talking all Pro caliber guys. That's a, your co- who's your
0: coach? Who's my coach next who's year? Who's your coach? Who's your coach? Draft time. Who's your coach? is it
1: Cliff Kingsbury is it Sean Payton is it a defensive minded guy who's your coach okay if if if, if i were the owner of the Arizona Cardinals i would i would try to lock Sean Payton in a room and not let him leave until a deal was done you could have a blank check and you'd fill it out and say i've got fix i've got to fix my organization this is the guy that can do it this is the guy that can get Kyler Murray straightened out this is a guy that Murray Murray's going to listen to you know a little bit like when the Lakers brought in Phil Jackson they finally got somebody Kobe would listen to all right, a little parallel there, right? Somebody that Kyler Murray's going to listen to and try to get this thing going because it is, it's it's a mess right now, and I want the guaranteed guy who can fix it. J.J.
0: My- Watt is leading this team in sacks. Marcus Golden's giving him nothing. J.J. Watt's, what, 34 years old? It's a free agent. He may want to go somewhere else. I've said before I don't, I don't, I don't really prefer to have J.J. Watt back, but uh, if I could draft an edge rusher that can wreak havoc on quarterbacks— in this league, it's a must to have that guy,
1: and they don't have that guy? That's hard to pass up. And he's there. And he, I mean, he could be there, right there. I mean, Will Anderson was a—I mean, think about it. This guy was a Heisman candidate last year. Fell off a little bit this year from production, didn't make the Heisman finalist list this year. But that's how dominant this guy is. I mean, he's a game-changer. There are no sure things. Yeah, there are no sure things. But he looks to be about as sure a thing as you could have, right? But you also could trade in a five draft picks, and you have five
0: shots in helping yourself in a lot of different areas with good picks. You're not trading. You're not trading that pick for a bunch of sixth and seventh rounders. You'd be trading it for first and second rounders.
1: And you could draft another Calvin Pace and uh, Brian you Johnson. You yep,
0: could. Yep. Okay. That's why it's look. That's why it's very very risky. That's why it's risky. Chris Paul struggled in that game last night. That was a back to back. Should that be a concern for? The- phoenix suns we'll talk about that next on arizona sports the local
1: sports leader
2: arizona sports the local sports leader burns
1: and gambo what's on tonight
0: uh, we got some asu hoops tonight sun devils in action as one of the top 25 teams in the country they're taking on san francisco don't leave your heart there do you know what they're Ring. Don't do you- leave your heart there. Do
1: you know what... Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. Do you know what the San Francisco basketball mascot is? The nickname? Put you on the spot. Mitchie Mitch knows. Don't give it away. I do. I do. Is it being a C? D. Dons. Yeah, there you the go. Dons! They won a couple... The na- they won a couple national championships. They did. What's that other song
0: about San Francisco I kind of like? San Francisco... Well, they Scott McKenzie. San Francisco. Lights by Journey? No. The Be yes. sure to wear flowers <laughs> in your hair. Are you that going, one? To, are San you going to San Francisco? We have the other one, Mitch? <laughs> you never heard that one? You're in a band. Come on. You were a band member.
1: I don't know every band just Scott because is, I was in I, band that, in high school yeah. and college. <laughs> you should know that song. Yeah, you're supposed to know every song ever produced. Look, there's a big difference between the phrase, I was in band, and I was in the band. He okay. wear the flowers in your hair. Oh, dear God, I thought I was bad. Um, going that's on sing. the uh, Forrest Gump uh, soundtrack. Is that on the Forrest Gump soundtrack? It is. That's it is. A good
0: soundtrack. It is. Coyotes in the Nights tonight. Coyotes in Vegas taking on the Night. You've got that. You've got Arizona State at San Francisco. And my wife made me watch Wednesday. No, it's a Netflix show, Wednesday. It's like an Adams Family thing. And you know what? I got to be honest, it wasn't that bad. So I might have to watch um, that tonight. But I really do want to see ASU basketball. I got to make Doug Tamaro happy and watch the – because I always get – you know, because I watch all the U of A games. Watch them take down Tennessee.
1: Yeah, okay. I'm getting more support from you for the for the forks
0: up crew, Game. I'm such a big U of A basketball fan though. But I really he, am. I'm a huge U of A basketball but fan. But he
1: likes ASU football more than A U of A football. A
0: lot. Like yeah. A lot more. A lot more. Much more ASU football. It's kinda odd, right? I'm not from here. So my preference is U of A basketball, ASU football. I uh, so I don't I don't ever root for Arizona football over ASU. I want ASU to win. I love everybody. but I always root for U of A basketball over ASU.
1: I'm not from here. People think I. People think I have allegiances. I want. I hope they. I ever, hope everybody plays. Hope everybody gets a chance to play. Well, you got a roof for one over the other. No, I don't. I do. I absolutely do not. When ASU played U of A in football, hey, you ASU, know who Michael, did you root for. You know how Michael Jordan says Republicans buy shoes too. Yes. Okay. U of A fans listen to the show too. Okay, I don't got to piss off anybody. Pissing anybody off? Who? Somebody going to get that upset because you root for a certain team? Have Come you on. Have you been on Twitter in your life? I buy shoes too. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I buy shoes too. When you have, if, if if U of A football and basketball do well, I, I tweet about them and I, I acknowledge yeah. them and I, I covered a lot of U of A basketball in the tournament to my
0: career here. Hey, sad news. Um, Pele's health, they saying is worst worsened during his hospital stay to regulate his cancer. What are the greatest the, the greatest soccer player? Now, everybody could talk about, you know, Lionel Messi and Ronaldo. The greatest soccer player of all time is Pele, and it shouldn't even be that close. But he's got uh, advanced cancer, eighty two. years years old, one of the true legends. He's the greatest soccer player of all time. I've met Pele. Yeah, led (laughs) Brazil to wins in the 1958, 1962, and 1970 World Cups. Mm -hmm. Incredible. All-time leading scorer with 77 goals. You met him? I met Pele. I did.
1: I did. Frank Sinatra? Yeah, he was there. Yep, (laughs) yep, yep. Played for the Cosmos. Yeah, played for the Cosmos when you were a kid. God, who was that team was great. In that the N A S L What would that what year would have that been? Like seventy eight? Seventy 78,
0: 79? Nineteen seventy eight Cosmo. Franz Beckenbauer. Giorgio, Giorgio Canalia. Canalia. Had to have the Italian to to win. <laughs> um
1: who was Who was the goalie? It was like Shep Messing or somebody like that? Now you're getting. O- I'm getting over my skis now. You get over your skis. Listen, li- okay. listen. I-, I can't do the 1979 New York Cosmos roster, gamble I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, but I'm not that good. <laughs> Carlos Alberto. There we Werner go. Roth, <laughs> Jack Brand. I'm surprised that's even online. Giuseppe
0: <laughs> Wilson.
1: Giuseppe. Chris. Yeah, of course that stuff's
0: online. All right, there's your Cosmos roster. Pele, uh, not in good health right now, so we'll uh we'll we'll see what happens with him. After the world lost Franco Harris, a former from the Immaculate Reception, great play with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Franco Harris lost at seventy two years old. And and then just the other day was was it Tom Browning of the Reds? The yeah. picture from
1: the Reds? Yeah. And and Franco Harris, Gamble, it's it's a couple days short of when his number was going to get retired yeah. on the fiftieth anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. And a real quick note about Franco Harris, he he he's fifteenth on the all-time rushing list, but Jim Brown had that record for a real long, long, long time. And Franco Harris in nineteen eighty four was on pace to break that record. That's how good Franco Harris was for all all you young people out there. He was going to break Jim Brown's all time rushing record. But Walter Payton just was younger and caught them both and passed up Franco and Jim Brown. And Walter wow. Payton ended up breaking Jim Brown's record. But for a while there it looked like Franco was gonna Walter was gonna eventually pass Franco anyway, but for a brief period Franco was going to pass Jim Brown first. That's how prolific a runner a runner Franco Larry, Harris was
0: Larry Fitzgerald uh, had a tweet. He said, My condolences to the loved ones, teammates, and fans of Franco Harris everywhere. Truly a life lived fully. He's one of the reasons so many of us fell in love with the game and he showed the impact it can have. He was a great, great football player. Dies at the age of uh, 72. So a lot of people talking about the great Franco Harris right now. Wanted to spend a couple of minutes on on on, on the Suns. They lose to the Wizards last night. Rough game for Chris Paul. 0-5 to start the game in the first half. Didn't make any baskets. Finally got his first basket. About six and a half minutes left in the third quarter had a little bit of a run there had a nice little spurt where he played well but overall not a good game for Chris Paul I mean he did not shoot the ball very well he struggled he did have 11 assists but he did struggle three of 11 from the field one of three from deep how much do you put that on just being a
1: back-to-back a little bit on a back-to-back. I also put it on the fact that the Suns had s- so little trouble with the Lakers the night before. I really think they let their guard down coming into the Wizards game. And I think the thought process was, again, some of this is human nature. Some of it's their own fault. Uh, it was almost like, well, we, we, we took care of a bad Laker team that was shorthanded all we gotta do is show up the next night and we'll take care of a bad Wizards team and they found out pretty quickly uh, that that wasn't the case and they fell down by 17 and then what tells you about how much better the Suns were than the Wizards last night in the span of 12 minutes they beat that team by 27 points they they beat that team by 27 points in one 12 minute span and then they got up by 10 and then they let their guard down again.
0: 21-2 run for, for, for Washington. Kuzma. Kuzmanel, the wide open corner three. Um, Beal hit a couple of big shots. Beal tied the game with about a little bit over two and a half minutes left with a jump shot. And then he hit another jumper for a 102 100 lead. Then Kuzmanel's the corner three. And uh, the Suns, it was a 21 to 2 run. And the only points they had were. Um, I, I think a couple of free throws. They were just missing shots. And you know, Mikael missed the three. Taj Gibson blocked the shot by Torrey Craig. They were just they were missing everything. Landry Shamit played extremely well last night. Although Dwayne Washington Jr. came in, James Jones was on with us earlier. He said these you know the guys that have been out: Devin Booker, campaign, Jack Landell, all day to day. So we'll see if they play. They got Memphis on Friday, and then after that game, they will be out for a uh, a long road trip. So one more home game, then I'll hit the road for a while. Denver actually surpassed them in the West. So the Nuggets took the lead in the West with the best record. We've seen Utah in the lead, the Suns, uh, now it's Denver. It really doesn't matter. matter. It really doesn't matter. What matters is getting your guys healthy and figuring out a way to uh, to. Peak at the right time when you get into the playoffs.
1: And another challenge on Friday night with John Morant coming into town. And then you got a seven game road trip. So we're going to continue to to find out more and more about the Suns as the challenges continue to line up here uh, in late December and on into January. Yeah, I was
0: reading a story with John Morant saying he's pretty confident his team's going to make it to the NBA Finals this year.
1: All righty yeah. Did
0: an interview with Malika Andrews and thinks his team's going to, this year's his team's chance to do it. All right, Tim, good job filling in. We'll be back tomorrow, Tomorrow. brother. Two o'clock shop right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Have a great night, everyone.
1: You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.